this week on the Federalist Radio Hour. Like, there was this premise, and it was, I think, in, in some ways correct. But that was predicated on this idea that there were essential sort of sex differences. And, and now we're actually even... Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. FEMA Administrator Chris Wells said today that she acknowledged concerns that uh, Florida's, as was said, lacks response to the storm so far and that... Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Give me a break. That is nonsense. Stop politicizing, okay? Stop it. We declared a state of emergency when this thing wasn't even formed. We've had people in here, you've had counties doing, uh, they've done a lot of hard work. And, and honestly, you're trying to attack me, I get, but like you're attacking these other people who've worked very hard. And so, so that's just totally false. Um, I don't think we've ever, certainly since I've been governor, declared a state of emergency this early. Uh, we made sure that we were very inclusive with it. We said that there was a lot of uncertainty and, and we've worked to make sure um, the preparations that have been done and all the, the stuff, you talk to the people at the the counties when they've needed something stuff gets there very quickly because of what Kevin and his team have done so that's Governor Ron DeSantis at a press conference trying to lead his state through what may be one of uh well it's going to be one of the looks shaping up to be one of the worst natural disasters here uh that Florida is going to see welcome to the program this Wednesday I'm Dana Lash here starting the top of our first hour with you and we're in a lot of these areas we have affiliates in a lot of these areas that are going to be directly in this this storm's path and so as a result we're going to be we're going to be covering some of the latest that's going on but because this is such a powerful once in a lifetime hurricane that is going to affect a lot more uh and i was talking to kane i just remember what hurricane andrew and everything after with the economy and everything else that took place there's a lot that is going to be affected by this, even if you are not in Florida. And we're going to we're going to touch on all of that stuff. Now, here's for the latest. We're praying for everybody in Florida and hoping that they stay safe in the path of this hurricane. And everyone was told to evacuate. And of course, uh, the everyone was told to evacuate. And if they haven't evacuated, uh, then. Uh, it's too late to evacuate. One interesting measure, and we've talked about this before with other situations like this. Can you remember the Waffle House Index? Oh, yeah, that's right. So the Waffle House Index, if you're unfamiliar with this, let me put it in perspective. The Waffle House, you've seen their employees, right? Okay, these are these are people, they're going to whip you up some hash browns real good, smothered and covered. They're going to get you your eggs out done just right. 
They're going to take care of you. They're going to give you strong black coffee in the middle of the night when you need it because you're either coming back from a concert or you're staying up late doing college homework. Hi, me. Or, uh, you know, you're just, you know, trying to trying to caffeine it off. Uh, And they will throw down with you if you try to get froggy with them. And so Waffle Houses are notorious because they will stay open in the worst conditions. Hurricanes, tornadoes, floods. I mean, they always say the Postal Service, rain, sleet, or snow. But my gosh, have you seen Waffle House? I mean, have you seen these people? They are the honey badgers of the breakfast franchise somewhat fast food. And whenever they close, it's a big deal. So the Waffle House measure is if they close in an area where there's a storm, that is bad. And NBC News has reported that Waffle House has closed 21 locations in Florida from Bradenton to Naples as of this morning. Now, that might not seem like something to many people, but it has been so consistent throughout the past 20 to 30, like 20, 30 years that meteorologists actually now are citing it kind of as an aside not so much because it's scientific, but just because it's something that further illustrates the severity of what they're dealing with. Now, Hurricane Ian is set to make landfall, set to hit land uh, at really in the last hour of our program today. A lot of uh, Floridians have already lost power. It is, it's a Category 4. It is approximately two miles below the threshold to make it a Category 5. So... It could very well be, and it's what many meteorologists have been predicting, a Cat 5 by the time that it hits landfall. And Juan, if you're watching the simulcast of our nationally syndicated radio show, simulcast found on the first YouTube and Facebook, he's got the Waffle House Index up there. Green is full menu, yellow is limited menu, and red means the Waffle House is closed completely. It is a red zone. And in fact, in, in those parts of Florida... The, I mean, ultimately, entirely along the Gulf Coast there in Florida, they they have made it to where you can't even go outside. They, you can't even cross bridges. It's too dangerous to even cross the bridges. The winds are too great. You can't see. There's zero visibility. And they're telling people to shelter in place. I was looking a little bit earlier at some, some of the surge maps because everyone everyone always immediately thinks of the winds in a hurricane. And... Granted, I'm not a meteorologist, but I am a storm-watching aficionado to the extent that I have every every weather app under the sun, and I am fascinated with how weather works and how people respond to it. And I'm also fascinated by the people who stick it out. And there have been people who've done that, but there are also people who've lost their lives doing it. And I'm hoping everyone stays safe and shelters where they can, because that's the thing. Everyone thinks, well, I'm just going to shelter away from the wind, but the wind isn't isn't the... only danger and it's not actually the biggest danger the biggest danger is the surge the biggest danger is the water there's no point in in hunkering down in your home if it's flooded and entirely underwater and so that's i was looking at some of these storm maps that they have and there are a couple of meteorologists that have been referencing these it's at nhc.noaa it's uh it, it gives you some of the graphics but it shows uh, the areas around, and it's pretty fascinating, it shows the areas around uh, Fort Myers, uh, Cape Coral, uh, and it looks at the Naples area. And when the projected storm surge has Naples pretty much underwater, Sanibel, 
Beautiful Sanibel Island. Beautiful Captiva underwater. The highest point, I believe, in Sanibel is eight feet above. Uh, th- I think that's the highest point. And I've, I've been to Sanibel before. Beautiful area. I've vacationed, you know, several times in Florida. I love it. Sanibel is a beautiful place. Beautiful sunsets. Mucky Doug was one of my favorites. That's, it looks to be all, by the projected storm surge, it looks like it's going to be all entirely underwater. Naples. Uh, all Going all the way up to Orange Tree. Sanibel and Captiva entirely under. That's what it, that's what the projected storm surge is. Now, the other weird thing that I've been seeing from a lot of, one of the other indications of this, there's a, a meteorologist who has been showing videos. He's off Bayshore Boulevard in Tampa. Three hours ago, Jordan Steele was posting a video, 15-second video. The bay, and this is creepy, has been entirely sucked out. The bay. That is a bad sign. Bad sign. The lowest southern point of the United States, that marker in Key West. The cameras there hanging on for dear life as those waves are slamming that southern shore. I don't even know if they have that up anymore. I've been seeing other pictures. People have been snapping, and I mean producers and meteorologists, because those are really only almost the only people that are out, out and about at this point. Waffle House is boarded up. They've got the metal in the windows, all of that. Now, here's the thing to note. Everyone likes to have a reference point when they're talking about these these storms like this, right? You remember Hurricane Charlie in 2004? So Hurricane Ian could eat Hurricane Charlie as a snack. Hurricane Charlie, according to the overlay images from another from a uh, Weather Channel and elsewhere can fit entirely in the eye of Hurricane Ian. I mean, it is, it is heavy. It is, it is, this is a bad storm. And it makes me think of Hurricane Andrew. Was that back in the 90s? And that was a, just a horrible, horrible, it was a Cat 5, 1992. I had family that went down to help after that. I was in, I was in, I think I was in high school. It was the most destructive hurricane to ever hit Florida. The damages, the, dis, I mean, everything. It was the costliest, costliest until Hurricane Irma came around. Now, Hurricane Irma was in 2017. And that had a lot of, it was a lot of destruction. Hurricane Andrew, Cat 5, Hurricane Irma, was uh, hit became a cat five when it hit land and now it looks like hurricane ian which is huge and that's the other thing it's absolutely enormous and it was very slow moving it only started to speed up they said within the past 36 hours and so this has also spawned a number of tornado watches in and around florida but one thing that it did that they were not projecting that it was going to do was that it shifted Towards the south, ever so slightly. Remember, it was predicted to hit Tampa directly. The earlier projections, when it was still coming over Cuba, was that it was going to make a straight shot right for Tampa and St. Petersburg. And what ended up happening is it veered southward. 
and it's going and now it's it's it right going to to Cape Coral and Port Charlotte. So there was a little bit of a change. It takes the Tampa and St. Petersburg people a little bit out of the direct path, but not really because it's still projected after it hits landfall to kind of curve and and Tampa and St. Petersburg are still going to get hit by some of those inner rings too. It's just absolutely destructive. Absolutely destructive. And a lot of things are going to be affected by this. A lot of things. Now they have the peak storm surge forecast that came in from, uh, this is, uh, make sure, this is the storm surge unit at the National Hurricane Center. And they have given times, thank heavens, honestly, this is when social media shines, you know, because you have to think a lot of people broadcast and all this stuff, it's really difficult for people to get this information. Uh, but it has the, uh, they have the peak storm surge forecast. I mean, really, you have Inglewood, Bonita Beach. There's a lot that's going to get hit. And we're going to follow all of the latest with this. Furthermore, this is what we have coming up. Democrats, Joe Manchin's permit reform has failed. And we knew it was going to happen. He wasn't, and, and we're going to explore a little bit about what that permitting reform means, what it even meant. Was it even enough? What was it going to do? And this was kind of the game all along. So we're going to get into that as well. Also, our friend Chad Enos, he is one of the big guys over at Caltech. They're in Florida. We're going to talk with him because you have to think all the waterways in Florida too. Those storm surges, that's going to be hitting a lot of people. And also the economy. The stock market drops again as wealth loss now hits $9 trillion. We have a heck of a lot to get into on this very busy day. And as I said, we are praying that everybody stays safe in Florida. And we'll bring you all of the latest with that. Dana Lash here for Arc Seeds. There's a growing sense of instability and uncertainty. Gas, housing, everyday items are way up. Uh, food prices have the nation reeling. The ability to grow your own healthy food is on almost everybody's mind. So this is why I want to tell you about Arc Seed Kits. You can visit Arc, A-R-K, ArcSeedKits.com and enter code Dana to receive 10% off. Now, Arc Seed Kits, it's a non-GMO seed company. It's family owned and they provide heirloom seeds for across the nation for over 13 years. They want to make sure every home in America has the ability to grow and harvest its own food. Now, these are the highest quality heirloom seeds. They arrive in a sustainable container offering long-term and short-term storage. And they also bring seed-saving knowledge and food preparedness to you and your community. You can get seeds for vegetables and herbs. They have 50,000 organically grown seeds in each kit. We're talking corn, watermelon, cucumbers, lettuce, beans, tomatoes, all kinds of stuff designed to grow new nutrient and calorie dense vegetables and fruits to sustain any home at any time. So, and they can be harvested and regrown year after year. You guys know how heirloom seeds work, right? Chaz Chop in Portland didn't. So visit Arc Seed Kits and enter Dana to get your 10% discount code and be on your way to food and economic security, helping you and your family and your community. It's a limited time offer. Visit arcseedkits.com, A-R-K, and order your seed kits and save 10% today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So for some of the other headlines we're watching, September box office, the September box office has plunged to its lowest level in 25 years. 
And you would have think you would have thought that that would have happened over actually the lockdown and the pandemic and everything else. Uh, but this is actually the first September with no film having an opening weekend earning of more than twenty million dollars since nine eleven. A lot of people were saying it was the end of Hollywood. It did come roaring back, which means now that Tom Cruise is going to have to make another Top Gun. That's the only way that this is going to get saved. So Tom Cruise, who's never probably listening to the show, you need to make he can just make Top Guns and people will go to the theater to keep seeing all of them. We'll keep going. I'll go see a third and a fourth. I don't care. It was a great movie. I want to go see it again. It was amazing. Bought it. So he needs to do that to save the movie industry. Pregnant women who take Tylenol during pregnancy are a fifth more likely to, according to a new study, to have children with ADHD and sleep problems. I don't know. Like, I was looking at this. and I, I don't know how that. It just seemed a little sketch. When I was when I was checking some of this out, that's one study, one study, and it wasn't a huge sample size. Uh, this is from iHeart. A plane was forced to divert when an unruly passenger screamed out, "We're all going to die," which is not something that you want to do on a flight. It was an American Airlines flight to my from Miami to L.A. They had to land in El Paso because of an unruly passenger. A female passenger ran down the aisle yelling, "We're all going to die." Daniel Leon Davis, who was on the flight, tweeted that the woman then began screaming, quote, repent, redemption is coming. The flight crew was able to restrain the woman and hold her until they landed in El Paso, where she was taken into custody. She tried to rush the passengers, but Leon Davis wrote that the flight attendants did an amazing job at restraining her and handcuffing her. But unfortunately, they had to stop off in El Paso for an hour and a half and then took off again to get people to their destinations, albeit a little bit delayed. Yikes, that's never... They don't need to do that. Jupiter is about to make its closest pass at Earth in 59 years. <laughs> Jupiter's flirting with us. So according to uh, NASA, they explained that the gas giant Jupiter, they're going to make its closest approach to Earth. Jupiter is in 59 years, lighting up the sky and keeping with the Roman sky god after which it is named. It's going to approach Earth uh, and they said they give a bunch of like scientific stuff, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. You're just it's just going to look big. It's going to look big and it's going to look cool. Everyone says NASA was saying take advantage of good weather on either side of September 26 to take in the site. So, well, actually, this whole week you can be, you'll be able to get it this entire week. So that's actually pretty cool. So uh, came yeah. doctors, official doctors, people who can rearrange guts. Yeah. Say that beer is good for you. Two pints a day could slash your risk of dementia. And they looked at a lot of people. They said non-drinkers are fifth more likely to be a dementia sufferer because they didn't have the two beers, two pints. Chad Enos with Keltec is in Florida. He gives us what they're experiencing next. Stay with us. Folks, stop overpaying and let Recoil Gunworks be your go-to for ammo. This is a great Indiana-based company, and it was actually created in a small basement in 2013. Small Midwest town in their basement, and uh, family-owned, they think like us, and they're really known for over at Recoil Gunworks. They're web-based firearms, ammo, and accessories retailer. They're really known for their police trade-in guns and great shape they pick them including the firearms the lights the sights the scopes tasers and more you can buy now pay later no interest and at recoil gunworks they have very very competitive pricing super easy to use website as well just visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana you can search for whatever you need by caliber weight application you can look for brands like winchester federal uh, vast majority of the country by the way has no restrictions 
on receiving ammo and they will note you know they have it all up there very helpfully on their website ammo shipped to your door where legal and they explain that including illinois new jersey and connecticut you need to see the frequently asked questions on that and check the product restrictions page for further state law requirements and restrictions visit recoilgunworks.com slash dana today to get you a full list of products and use code dana to get free shipping on your next order whether you need it in the woods or on the range recoil gunworks gets it there fast and once you make your first order it won't be the last use code dana right now to get free shipping at recoilgunworks.com slash dana listen to the dana show live on the odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m eastern time yesterday i spoke with governor DeSantis for some time my team has been in constant contact with him from the very beginning and uh and the mayors of Tampa, St. Pete's, uh, and uh, Clearwater. And my message has been absolutely clear, is that, uh, that we are on the alert and in action. We've approved every request Florida has made for temporary assistance, emergency assistance, long-term assistance that I've received. Hmm. That is the President of the United States who is addressing all these questions. There was some back and forth as to whether or not he was actually going to call Florida Governor Ron DeSantis because a lot of the mayors were were notified. Uh, The White House wanted to speak with them. I mean, I think he even spoke, someone, one listener remarked that, uh, I think he even spoke to uh, the dog catcher, local dog catcher. But I'm happy, I mean, for a moment, I'm happy that it happened because everybody needs to focus on this thing. As we were telling you, first off, welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. This thing is two miles under a cat five classification this it and it this thing just makes uh hurricane charlie look like a little snack i mean hurricane charlie can fit entirely into the eye of hurricane ian it is crazy and everyone's comparing it to either irma or andrew and it's gonna i mean it doesn't look good i don't like to speculate and i definitely nobody needs fear-mongering right now but i hope everyone really listened and did evacuate uh one of our really good friends who actually works with uh one of our sponsors keltec uh, they happen to be in Florida. Now, here's what's weird. They're in Cocoa, Florida. So they're kind of more towards the eastern side of it. However, when you see the projected path of this hurricane, at some point, the eye, if it stays on to what they're projecting, the eye is like over Orlando at some point, which means everybody on the eastern side is going to get whipped by those rings as well, including our friend, Chad Enos with Keltec, who joins us right now in his, he's got a really like nicely kitted out bunker. Chad, it's good to see you. Are you staying dry at least? Likewise. And first of all, happy birthday to you. Oh, I thank you. Thank awesome. you. I, for my birthday, I want everybody to be safe and nobody to get like thrown around or, or in the floods. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I came in this morning. I rode my alligator to work because a real low profile gets out of the wind. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I actually, you're probably not joking. That's the crazy thing. It's, it's Florida man stuff. I mean, you know, you wouldn't Everybody's but anyway, um, yeah, so it actually this morning wasn't too bad at all. The winds were really calm. Uh, but just before we came into the studio, we went outside to check it out and it's gotten very windy and there's a lot of rain coming down. It's already, uh, our parking lot's already flooded. So, and they're wow. predicting 24 inches of rain for this thing. So it's going to be pretty sketchy. And you're sure. by a lot of waterways in that area as well, correct? I mean, I was just I was looking at the yeah. map. I wasn't trying to like stalk your guys' location entirely, but I was just <laughs> looking at the geography of it. And there are so many different waterways in Florida, and that's one of the big 
dangers. Uh, Governor DeSantis was talking about it because that's where those those surges are coming in. And it almost doesn't matter at some point when it's over the state, there's going to be flooding. Absolutely. Yeah, they say there's more boats in Florida than there are cars. So, you know, what does that tell you? Wow. <laughs> we're, surrounded, we're surrounded by water for sure. And the water line was already pretty high uh, in all the rivers. And um, I imagine the lakes too. We've had a lot of rain lately. And this is just compounding uh, that situation. So hopefully people prepared. There's going to be a lot of rain with this one. And uh, I think the biggest threat uh, for this storm, besides the insane winds on the on the west coast of Florida, is just all that water uh, and the flooding. So yeah. Yeah, we're talking with our friend Chad Enos from Keltec, keltecweapons.com, and they're in Cocoa, Florida. And they're right now, you guys are getting hit, I think, right just from the outer, the initial outer rings, because this thing is expected (laughs) to make landfall, I think, in the last hour of our program, so in a couple hours. Yeah, and this name's Ian, so it's like a British invasion all over again, (laughs) but not the good kind. So... Yeah, we're uh, yeah we're we're prepared here as best we can be. Um, I just I, I have family uh, in the Tampa area, and I know that they're going to get smacked with. Uh, it's basically a Cat Five hurricane at this mm-hmm. point, um, and it is going to rip across the state. I don't know what app peasants use, but I'm looking at uh, windy mm. uh, dot com, and uh, ma- it's mapping it straight across Orlando as you mentioned. And um, the kind of scary thing is is. Uh, it, which is, that's about 30 minutes from us. So it's still pretty intense winds. Um, but once it reaches uh, the Daytona area, it's going to hit the Atlantic and start picking up steam again. So Ooh. and then it could, storm's that's, not going anywhere. That's a good point. Yeah. And um, from what I understand, um, I have an aunt over in Tampa. She's following this very closely. She's telling me that it's moving about six miles an hour. I, don't, I haven't confirmed that. But imagine six miles an hour at, you know, 100 plus miles an hour, uh, mile an hour winds uh, ripping through your town. I mean, that thing's just creeping along and just, destroying everything in its path. And the crazy thing, uh, I was listening to my friend Janice Dean, uh, who has been covering this, and she was saying that the thing that struck her as odd is that it had actually been slower and only built up a a little bit of speed in the past 36 hours. And I'm thinking, how much slower can it get? If it's, I, I mean, I I, and she said that she was really struck by how it just kind of hovered for a long time. And that is, that's, you know, the most destructive yeah. thing that you, that you can imagine. Talking with our friend Chad Enos, he's with Keltec Weapons. They're based in Cocoa, Florida. Y'all know Keltec. Answer me this, because I love the resilience of Florida folks. I mean, you have people mm-hmm. who are like, yeah, I know this hurricane's coming. And the crazy thing is, is these are the people not, you know, not, I mean, I think that the people who are kind of survivalists and know how to deal with things, there are certain people who want to wait out the storm. And I get very nervous for those people. But yet, you know, we see stuff hit the keys all the time and they, they're survivors. Explain that That's to true. me. What is with the resiliency and the, you know, what, it, it, give us some insight into that. Yeah, the thing I don't get is that um, there's a lot of Mountain Dew drinkers here and yet uh, the shelves are completely empty of water and there's plenty of Mountain Dew. I don't understand. <laughs> so you can't. You can't get water and you can't get PBR, but you can get plenty of Mountain Dew if you want. There you but, go. Uh, now, all kidding aside, uh, yeah, we are pretty resilient. I mean, we're kind of used to it. Um, I feel sorry for uh, a lot of the transplants that have, you know, recently sh- oh, <laughs> showed yeah. up to Florida, you know, to live in a free state. So, you know, welcome to Florida. Sorry about the hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last question for you. Talking with our friend Chad Enos over at Keltec Weapons. He's in there in Cocoa, Florida, which, as we were just talking about, he's 30 minutes outside of Orlando. That's where their location is. And the eye, after they after everything goes through, I think Naples, it was projected to go up towards Tampa. It shifted southerly just a little bit. And now it's hitting. I mean, they said Sanibel is going to be underwater. Captiva, Naples going up all the way to Orange Tree. 
uh, the aisle at some point is going to be over Orlando. You guys are going to get hit afterwards, though. What you because you, because you you're you know li- you're a Florida resident. Well, tell me a little bit about afterwards, and you know when you first emerge or when you go back, and how what is that like? And when you're dealing with that, what's the first thing on your mind? And obviously, the elephant in the room, the big sense of security. I mean, you don't have to worry about it. Others do. Talk to us about that. Yeah, that's a, you bring up a great point. So in the aftermath of these storms, if they're you know if they're pretty bad, uh, the cleanup is just it's immense. It's in, it's very intense. And, um, and yeah, there's a lot of uh, security issues because everyone's power goes out. And sometimes that power can be out for uh, the last hurricane we had, I think my power was out in my neighborhood for six days. Wow. Yeah. So without power, without, you know, internet and, and all that stuff for six days, you know, we're, those are creature comforts <laughs> to us now. So it's hard to deal with that. Um, in our area in particular, there's not a whole lot of crime, so um, we don't really worry too much about that. And again, you know, we're all loaded up with KSGs, so uh, yeah, you don't be have to worry about there. that with KSG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's really the biggest thing is just um, uh, just getting back to a normal life and cleaning everything up in the, in the aftermath of these storms. It's it just takes a ton of effort, uh, and it's kind of a pain. But you know, it's. Living in Florida, we just have to deal with this once in a while. That's uh, the, sometimes the trade-off that you have to have to make in order to live in paradise. Chad Enos, sure. we're going to be praying yeah. for all of you that everybody gets through this with minimal damage and no loss of life. That is the ultimate goal. And uh, we'll catch you on the other side, my friend. Stay safe, stay dry. And when are the P-15s going out? You should be getting yours pretty soon. You <laughs> <The P-15s laughs> knew I wasn't going to let go of that. <laughs> They will be <laughs> they will be shipping uh, very soon. In fact, I think they may have already sent some out already. Because so I will we'll, we'll punch see. Hurricane Ian in the face if it if it at all hurts distribution of that. No, we should be okay. Okay, we all, right. all right. Our friend Chad knows with KeltechWeapons.com, K-E-L-T-E-C. Chad, always good to see you. Thank you, my friend. Stay safe. You too. Thank you. Of course. And we're going to be praying for everybody that is in the path of this storm. Like I said, super, super, this is a historic They're describing it as this once-in-a-lifetime thing, and it's expected, if you're just joining us, Hurricane uh, Ian is expected to be hitting. It's expected to hit really within the next, what, uh, hour and a half, maybe? Yeah, landfall, they said it was going to be around 3 p.m. Eastern. It all depends, too, on whether or not it it increases its speed at all. As you were just hearing us talk, their meteorologists were saying that it was going slowly at six miles per hour, and the insane thing is that uh, a number of meteorologists, including the National Hurricane Center, were saying that it it was actually super slow over Cuba. And then in the past 36 hours, it started picking up some speed as it got into the Gulf. And whew, now it's um, man, it's it's this is this is just something else. So we're going to follow all of this and bring you any of the latest. But it's those storm surges, the storm surges that everybody has to watch for uh, really the most. I was looking at some of it, the uh, National Uh, The National Hurricane Center's storm surge unit was projecting, I think some of the worst is going to be around Bonita Beach, Inglewood, uh, middle of Longboat Key. They said that they could see up to 12 feet in a surge. Uh, Going down towards East Cape Sable, they're looking anywhere to five to eight feet. But it's Bonita Beach right in there that they're looking around 12 feet plus. The, the water levels from the peak storm surge forecast. So really nothing to n- nothing at all and uh, nothing to nothing to mess with at all. And National Hurricane Center recently were saying that the eye wall of Ian was moving on shore. 
So it is just a matter of time for all of that. They also, now this came 17 minutes ago, really quickly before uh, we get into, because we got to thank our sponsors and all that. And we're going to be bringing you the latest and also some domestic news, all this other domestic news as well. They're now also uh, calling the tornado risk for the Florida, the Florida Peninsula as the outer rain bands as the as the storm moves onto land. They're saying that on the eastern side, and we were just talking about this near Palm Bay, Cape Canaveral, Orlando, Daytona Beach, that they've increased the enhanced risk for damaging gusts, several tornadoes expected, and all of that to a level three out of five. So that is from the National Hurricane Center. So everybody stay safe. Coming up, we're going to talk about kind of flashback, Hurricane Andrew and the impact on the economy, our current economy. I have wokery for you as well. And that permitting reform for the inflation tax bill, Joe Manchin's reform, failed. And he issued a very terse statement yesterday. We'll discuss. Back in the good old days, Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the great country we love. And today, we find ourselves arguing about whether or not our country is great or if we should love America or be ashamed of it. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with a dishonest narrative of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College, a small Christian classical liberal arts college in southern Michigan, is weighing in for America by offering you free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. With Hillsdale College, you'll study timeless truths in a supportive community dedicated to knowledge of the highest things, provides insight into the nature of God and man, forms character, and defends constitutional government. I encourage all of you to visit DanaForHillsdale.com and enroll today. To begin your free Hillsdale College course, visit DanaForHillsdale.com today. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. Uh, so listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that, that is happening now? Because it seems these storms are intensifying. That's the question. Here. I don't think you can link climate change to any one event. Okay. On the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but uh, to link it to any one event, um, I, I would caution against that. Yeah, and, and that is so ridiculous. Stop with us. That is the NOAA acting director, Jamie Rome, shutting down Don Lemon, trying to say that Hurricane Ian is because of climate change. It's hurricane season. It's literally hurricane season. That's why it's called hurricane season. And just in case anyone had any confusion over it, it's called hurricane season because there are a lot of hurricanes during that season. And hurricane season predates all of the grifting climate change, you know, man-made global warming, blah, 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 Al Gore. They're going to, you know, man, bear, pig, all that stuff. It predates it. It's, oh, Kane, you wanted to correct me? Yes, sir? Yeah, I've been uh, hearing a lot of this on. It's, no, it's you a, have not. He a Kane. Shut up. Not no, a you haven't. You gotta Who be, is saying this? You have to be gender specific when you're talking about Hurricane. I mean, this is Ian. But what are but Ian's pronouns? Ian, Ian considers itself female. Is it a Zia Kane? Zer Z? Oh, you know I don't what? even know what that means. You know, that may be more accurate now that I think about it. 
I mean, let's just go ahead and, you know, let's apply politics to everything because that's what people like Don Lemon and Amy Klobuchar, everybody is doing it. Everybody is doing it. By the way, have uh, you guys gotten your hurricane vaccinations yet? Audio Sunday 3? Because the president is very concerned about this. Let me be clear. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Hmm. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or natural disaster hit. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you... If you if you actually uh, get the uh, you can get the hurricane vaccination. Did you know that? Because I'm sure that that's what people are really thinking of. I want to get real sick as I'm fleeing. I'm really sure that that's what they're all thinking of. Right. Just is there a is there a tornado vax? A niter vaccine? Got one of them. Y'all got any of them niter vaccines? He did say natural, natural disaster. So it's probably the general term. To include tornadoes as well. What about just hail? I need something for hail. No, like the frozen water. It's up in the sky. You got it? Y'all got any vaccines for them? I don't think so. Once you get hit with a big one of those, it's over. Golly, I just what? Like that's not what people are concerned about right now. Not at all. So coming up, man, I've got some hot takes from some of the media. These ghouls cannot for five seconds. They cannot not politicize something. It is a hurricane. People are fleeing their homes. They are trying to stay dry, trying to stay alive, trying to help their friends and family and neighbors, community. And you have these fools in New York and in D.C. and elsewhere who are trying to, they try to make everything, everything political. I have so many examples for you, and I'm really trying not to drag some people today, but I may not be successful in that i mean it is my birthday so i do feel like i should get a pass you know what i'm saying like all the days you get a pass it should be today but we're going to bring you the latest because as i said it looks like during the broadcast that is when uh we are expecting the eye wall of hurricane ian to it's hitting land and it's going to be going for it's moved southern moved a little bit more southern from tampa going to be looking at uh bonita beach and Uh, Cape Coral, all of that. So praying for everybody in the line of the storm. Also, Joe Manchin coming up. Joe Manchin sold out America. And I'm going to explain why with his permitting reform theater coming up. Second hour on the way. Stay with us. More of The Dana Show after this. Caltech Innovation is back-to-back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent-pending 15-round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full 
fully adjustable rear. That all comes standard. It's from Keltec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns. The P15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling, while the all-metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel. The P15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world. See the new 9mm P15 first up close and personal at keltecweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. Can you describe just the, the level of communication with state officials? And have there been any anything unusual or any challenges with that? How would you describe it? Yeah, I think the communication that we have had with the state officials has been excellent. My regional administrator out of Region 4, Gracia Check, she is in Florida. She got there yesterday. She has been embedded at the state EOC working with the state emergency management director one-on-one -on -one to make sure we're understanding what their needs are. And she's traveling with the governor um, to a few areas today to make sure we're understanding what those needs. We've had a long relationship with Florida. We've, our Region 4 has had a, a great partnership with all of the emergency management team there. They've done a lot of work with the different municipalities and the counties, and I think the relationship is very strong. So that is FEMA's uh, the admin of FEMA, uh, speaking about so far the coordination etc that they've had making sure that florida is ready they called a they, uh, they called in governor DeSantis called in state of emergency as soon as this thing was spotted on the horizon boom it was they called it and it was good because they needed all that time to prepare welcome back to the program top of our second hour here this Wednesday, Dana Lash, your lovable curmudgeon. We have a lot of stuff to hit today, and I'm going to just every just to let you know at the top and bottom of every hour, I'm going to give you a hurricane update. And the reason I'm going to do that is because number one, we had a lot of affiliates in the in the path of the storm. Number two, I don't care if you are in Oregon, you are going to be affected by this, depending on the destruction and the economic hit. So you want to keep tabs on this particularly since our economy is not in such great shape right now anyway. So I am informing you at the same time, also giving you just, I don't like the speculative stuff. I'm just going to share, as always, I share with you what we know. And uh, also, I hope that people are staying safe. I hope they and their pets were able to get out and evacuate. And we are praying, I, I would, I'm, for my birthday, I would love no loss of life and the most minimal damage possible. And so that's, that's what I would like. So let's just have everybody get through this. And like I said, we're going to give you updates. And the other reason, too, the third reason is because natural events are fascinating. And I realized, you know, we were just hearing the FEMA director or, what, or the administrator, some, one of the deputies under the director. It is hurricane season. And some years you'll have massive hurricanes. Some years you'll just have a, a little, some small ones that, you know, maybe Cat 1, Cat 2, people can withhandle, withstand it. In Florida... They've been through this so many times. People in the Caribbean have been through this so many times. Nobody really gets, I mean, it has to get to this kind of level before, you know, you make the most resilient Florida man or woman very nervous or somewhat nervous. I swear, I still think we had Chad Enos from Caltech on there and they're in Cocoa, Florida. He's just, you know, a hop, skip and a jump away from Orlando where the eye is going to be over after the eye wall breaks through, uh, uh, what, around Naples, uh, uh, or the, just crazy. It's going to cover the whole state at some point. And they're just like, yeah, well, well you know, we're, we're, we're ready. We're on the highest ground we can get because everyone was told to go 20 miles inward. It is a, it's an amazing, an amazing occurrence. One of the maps. Now, this is cool. If you're a weather nerd, you need to check out this site. It's called Ventusky, V-E-N-T-U-S-K-Y. Just Google Ventusky weather. It is the coolest map you'll ever see. 
it is better than any other other maps out there. It's better than your app. It's better than Dark Sky, which is the one that I have. It is really good. You can look at everything from wind gusts, air pressure, uh, waves. Already right now, there's 25-foot waves. They're, they're pushing up to 13 feet outside of Cape Coral right now. Uh, radar, everything. And you can get the timeline of where everything is going to be going. And it's fascinating to take a look at this. And so looking at just the size of this, and that's one of the things we were talking about. I made mention to Kane last hour, Hurricane Charlie could fit into the eye. It's kind of terrifying of Hurricane Ian. That's how big Hurricane Ian is. And Hurricane Irma from 2017 was huge compared to Hurricane Andrew. I mean, it was just huge. And Hurricane Sandy in 2012, that was more than 900 miles wide. That was the largest hurricane ever in the, in the Atlantic measured. Katrina was the costliest, and it was very similar in size to Irma. And that was the costliest hurricane in U.S. history at $108 billion. Andrew, 92, that was, it was a Cat 5, but compared to the reach for the lack of a better way to put it, it was 120 miles compared to Katrina's 200 miles, compared to Sandy's 420 miles, compared to Irma's 190 miles. At its peak, Irma stretched about 400 miles across. And Sun Sentinel has some good comparisons as well. Uh, and this, it's, it's interesting to see because everyone keeps saying that they owe oh, that everything's getting worse and worse. Well, actually, they don't because that would mean everything would have been bigger even since 2017. And it actually hasn't been. Charlie was smaller. There were some tropical depressions. There were some, you know, other smaller hurricanes that were in the Atlantic. Um, they were a lot smaller. It just doesn't it doesn't match. And by the way, I just, you know, I, I don't believe in that grift. I just don't. And neither does everyone involved in science or meteorology. There is no consensus. And there's I mean, because it's it's everything is cyclical. And so one of the reasons that we keep going to Cat 5 is apparently Hurricane Ian's two miles under the Category 5 classification. So technically it's a Cat 4. I mean, it, it, but in all intents and purposes, two miles under. I mean, it's basically a Cat 5 at this point. Now, those are very rare. Since 1924, only 37 hurricanes have hit Cat 5 status, according to National Hurricane Center. And only five of those ever reached the U.S. with the most recent being Hurricane Michael in 2018. So it's very interesting to kind of look at the uh, and compare to just to kind of get a you know a general sense. And so we're going to continue following all of this, but those storm surges going to be a lot of flooding. Now I wanted to play. I this is now bear with me. It's very dark humor. One to, what, for, what one was this? We were watching Shep Smith. Well, we had it on. I think we had it up on break. We were on air or something at one point. And I think this was when Shepard Smith was at the very end of his Fox contract. Yeah. Because you could tell he just did not GAF at one point. He really didn't. And he had to cover. What was this? What was this? Was this Hurricane Irma that he was covering? Uh, that's actually a good question. I, I, he may mention it in this audience. It was either like sure. her. It, maybe it was Irma or Michael. But, or maybe it was even Sandy. It was, it's within the past couple of years. But he was at the end of his contract. He did not GAF. He really did not. And if you don't believe me, well, listen to how, and remember, this is flashback from a couple of years ago showing how he just, this was crazy. I have to play it. Listen. See this? 
Melbourne, Daytona Beach, all the way up to Jacksonville. This moves 20 miles to the west, and you and everyone you know are dead. All of you. Because you can't survive it. It's not possible, unless you're very, very lucky. I mean, what? And then he kept going, and he was saying all this other stuff. And, you know, your children, too. He just didn't care. He didn't care. It was hysterical. And, huh? I said, I have another one where he's, he's worried about getting to a wedding. Oh, my gosh. Play this. this is, he just didn't care at this point. Listen, this is flashback audio. This is a house. Mm-hmm. See that? Just got this man's sister out of there. She survived, barely. She decided not to evacuate. So that was a good idea. Skirt Daytona. It may just skirt Jacksonville. It may just skirt Charleston and Folly Beach and all the rest. It may just skirt it. Listen, that may be all that happens. Or it may go 20 miles inland. And that will be very bad. We'll be live all night long tonight. I won't be because I'm going to a family wedding. So if you're supposed to get out, go ahead and get out. Because if too many of you perish, they'll send me down there. And I need to go to this wedding. Okay? Thanks. I mean, that was Chef Smith. <laughs> you can't even write this stuff. He just didn't care at that point. He just did not care. Because I got to go to a wedding, right? I got to go to a wedding. It says, oh, man. I, but I would almost rather, he, at least he was honest. Can I just be real for a second? He, at least he's honest about it. It's, it's not possible unless you're very, very lucky. And your kids die, too. <laughs> Gosh. Thanks. Thanks, Shep. Oh, man. Remember, he's on in the afternoon, and I was always like, everyone said Bill O'Reilly was crabby. Man, y'all haven't even seen Shep Smith. Shep Smith seemed like he was perpetually hateful. Like, he always had a bad day. Every afternoon. I mean, I would I would watch it just for that. You know how some people watch like hockey just for the fights? Oh, they do. Some people would watch him just to see what he's going to do because he was always so crabby. I was totally one of those people. Now, I wanted to share this with you. Uh, this came from uh, the chief environmental correspondent for the Weather Channel. And he also does documentaries on storms, Dave Malkoff. And he was saying that because they, they were they're storm chasers, too. He said they're USAF Reserve 53rd Weather Reconnaissance Squadron. And this was uh, at 1015 Central this morning. He said their 53rd Weather Reconnaissance Squadron had just landed at that time. They said, he goes, we hit hail, massive turbulence in the eye wall that dropped us one over 1,000 feet and saw Hurricane Ian rapidly intensify. It was not even calm inside the eye. And he was saying that uh, their pilot, Kendall Dunn, said this was, quote, the worst ever. He said the nose was pointed 15 degrees up, but we were still dropping. He said it's possible we lost 1,200 feet in altitude. Okay. That is nuts. So, man, because they have they go out and they want to measure and they want to. And it seems like it's too dangerous even for that. Man, we're going to keep an eye on all of this. I want to bring your attention to some other things that we're watching. And any developments, like I said, we'll go back to it. Some of the other, uh, these, these other stories, we had the Joe Manchin permitting reform fail yesterday. This is why you need to know this. Because the reason Joe Manchin signed, up, signed off on the biggest tax hike you're going to have, huge tax hike, expansion of the IRS, they said it was to combat inflation, but then it became about climate, and then... Healthcare? Wait, or no, it was to battle inflation, then it was to 
do something with the health care. Oh, but then, no, it was the climate. I think it was in that order. Anyway, a piece we sent out last night, PJ Miller, nobody, be- nobody believes Manchin was serious about this. The permitting reforms in the tax hike inflation bill dealt with the slowed, purposefully slowed process for permits for oil and gas on leases that, ha- that were uh, on federal land. Leased out federal land. And so, and even some private uh, exca- uh, private extraction. So he was always going to go along with Democrats. I think we kind of know this. He issued a very terse statement last night. Oh boy. And it was. He put out a statement saying, at first line, he immediately, quote, it's unfortunate that members of the United States Senate are allowing politics to put the energy security of our nation at risk. And then he cites Putin and he goes, I've asked Majority Leader Schumer to remove the permitting language from the continuing resolution that we will vote on this evening. So he's acting like it's going to be something helpful and it's not. Now, we talked to Alex Epstein uh, on the program uh, just last week and he was savaging Manchin's bill. And he was saying that, and he's correct, it does far more harm than good because it failed to correct the fundamental anti-development forces that delay the projects. And also, this is something that Congress should have been doing in the first place, not as an addendum. None of this stuff in the bill should actually be an addendum. It should be something that that Congress together and not just party line uh, legislatively contemplates here. But he said that Manchin promised the bill was going to alleviate the delay of fossil fuel projects by classifying them as national strategic importance and he said his bill actually makes it possible for biden to expedite zero such projects because if biden expedites five biofuel projects that negates according to the language of the legislation his obligation to expedite anything for fossil fuel that was written into the legislation so long story short it did nothing and Manchin gambled with this theater to add time to the clock now, he's up for re-election in 2024, but he's down now by 30 points. His future's decided. He ain't running again. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free not only do you save a trip to the store but you also receive special discounted pricing you gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts not sure what roast is best for you take the black rifle coffee quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club visit blackriflecoffee.com dana to save 20 percent off your purchase in your first coffee club order that's 20 percent off with promo code dana at blackriflecoffee.com dana fuel your life with america's coffee black rifle coffee and now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So according to Car and Driver, traffic fatalities have dropped slightly in quarter, second quarter 2022, first reduction in two years. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that gas prices are so high, everyone is driving less because gas prices, again, are so incredibly high. But they said that, the, the honestly, look at the, the kind of the point. I'm just saying, just, you know pointing it out this is really cool from locals they are announcing uh because so many everything is like twitch and everything else that so many people are being very very uh very uh, just uh, controlling with speech 
And so Locals is saying that they are uh, creating a place for gamers to go. They say creators deserve a platform that values them and listens to their feedback. So they created a community called Locals Gaming. It's going to be a gaming community on Rumble, and they said that you can share your content. They're not going to be censoring speech, and that's pretty awesome. The IRS sent out over a billion dollars in child tax credit payments to the wrong people. That's our money. $1.1 billion in child tax credit payments to the wrong people during the pandemic, according to an IG audit for the IRS. They sent payments to 1.5 million people between July and November of 21. And uh, they said 4.1 million taxpayers didn't even receive the payments that they should have. So $3.7 billion was withheld. That is, ab- but they want to expand this and make it worse. Yeah. GM delays the return to office after an employee uproar. They're saying General Motors is doomed. The Detroit-based auto giant made uh, their corporate employees mad. They said they wanted uh, people working on site and everyone is revolting. Oh my gosh, be happy that you have a job. Stick with us. We got midterms and uh, Kansas branding. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana 972-PATRIOT. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. We got to play defense on the 20-yard line. Oh, oh, absolutely. I have tried, and I have tried, and I've tried. And for many years, I've said uh, that we need to make sure we do the right thing at the border. Actually, when you look at uh, well, do you think the they're listening persons, to you? I mean, uh, I, I... No, no, they're not. Mm-mm-mm. That was Harris Faulkner talking to Democrat Representative Henry Cuellar. By the way, I think Harris Faulkner is one of the best, and Brett Baer, the two best interviewers on Fox. She is dynamite. She is one of the best interviewers I have ever seen. And I love, I mean, he was, you could tell he was, so, he's, he's angry. He is angry. Because he's a Democrat, he's has a border district, and his constituents are telling him, what, what are you doing? you got to help us. You're a Democrat. Talk to Joe Biden. But apparently, Joe Biden won't talk to Henry Cuellar. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. We're following the hurricane. We'll keep you up with, uh, all, with more updates and all of that. I wanted to give you a real quick look at midterms. Because... As Kane noted, the big picture is really bad for Democrats, particularly for black and Hispanic voters. Hispanics and Latinos are fleeing the Democrat Party. And this is where it's 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 so incredibly bizarre that they don't understand how when people come to the United States and they come legally and they see other people come illegally and that 
makes the people who who did it the right way infuriated. And they have every right to be infuriated. They're Americans. They follow the law. These people who are coming across illegally did not. And I don't think, honestly, hands to sky, I do not believe that some of these politicians, and this is where it's a real deep ideological divide. They don't get it. They don't. They, it's the only thing I can think of. And I was actually preparing a piece about this and I was trying to figure out how to address it because there, I think there is some perception in their mind that, oh, well, if they're Hispanic, then they're going to forgive these people who are breaking the law because they're Hispanic. And it, I'm sorry, but that's racism. You're assuming and you're, you're invoking a stereotype that sounds pretty racist. And that's the honestly the only I think that's their perspective. I think that's what they believe. But they don't look at it as though it's not an issue of ethnicity. It's an issue of legal or illegal. Did you do it the right way? Do not do. I mean, that's ultimately and they don't go to they don't really go down to the border. All the Democrats who are at the border. Get it. That's the other difference. The Democrats who are down there. Oh, they get it. People like Henry Cuellar. They get it. The ones who haven't been or who go to El Paso where they have a force multiplier like a wall. And so and they and they're able to actually make sure that they're controlling entrance and they don't see it. They they just they're completely uh, inoculated from it. It's so incredibly frustrating. Now. This is bad for Democrats. I was looking at a number of different things, including Uh, The last thing we were looking at, I mentioned the other day, the ABC WAPO poll. And it is really bad. This is a really bad, bad, bad poll for Democrats. There isn't a lot of enthusiasm, which is why they've been pushing abortion so much. But people are really they, they people are too distracted by the economy to care about that. And this is also it shows you how. Really, Biden's unfavorability is depressing the enthusiasm, which is a an indication of turnout and support for the people down ticket from him. Right. I mean, he's not even on the ballot, but you know what I mean, for all intents and purposes. When Bill Clinton in 94. And there was a piece at Washington Examiner that was going through uh, George H.W. Bush uh, how his job approval rating, um, he, in 1990, uh, was 58%. He only lost eight seats. I mean, the favorability directly corresponds to the number of seats lost. You, you, you don't lose as many. I mean, it seems pretty obvious, right? Well, the reason it's such a big deal is because that's exactly what they're trying to spin opposite in the press. They're trying to say that, oh, no, it's not like that at all. Joe Biden has such a high unfavorability that this is just going to drag everybody, going to drag all of them. I think he's going to, I think this is, I mean, uh, only 35% of Democrats even indicated that they would be somewhat supportive of Biden as the presidential nominee. And the crazy thing is that a lot of the polls that's come up with something similar, they predicate that on Trump being the nominee in 24. And so those presidential projections in 24 do actually have an effect on midterm polling now. Very interesting.
Very interesting. So a couple of other things and looking at all of this. New poll in from Nevada has Laxalt plus one seven. Interesting. And that is he's been within still in the margin of error, but he is this is probably, I think, the third poll. This is one of the races we gotta win. Third poll that has him in the lead. Uh there was there was one that took place uh, a week ago that was plus four, had him at plus four. Uh, the Hill had him at plus one. I think this is a state that's going to flip. And that was one of the states that we absolutely had to flip. So this is all good news. Very good news indeed. Now, a couple of other things. I don't know if you saw or heard New York City Mayor Eric Adams. He's been uh, really, he's been getting criticized because a lot of New Yorkers are leaving the state. A lot of New Yorkers are leaving the state. A lot of them are going to Florida. Uh, they're going elsewhere. And someone, he, he's, I think he's tired of the criticism of it because a lot of it's the bad policies, the bail reform, which has helped drive crime, all of this. And so he hit Kansas. He was saying, oh, yeah, New York has a brand. He was mocking and making fun of Kansas saying Kansas doesn't have a brand, as though Kansas, this is how they view flyover states. They view flyover states as being some backwoods hillbillies. That's not the case at all. And I listened to the soundbite and it made me mad because I thought, you know what, when I think of New York, New York's brand, and I talked about this in my radio prep, you got that email. I mean, what is New York's brand? You can't even walk down the street in daylight without getting attacked or getting uh, pushed onto subway tracks like a woman uh, a couple months ago, or punched in the head like an elderly woman was uh, a month ago in Manhattan, uh, robbed or raped in broad daylight. NBC New York had that story. So we decided to have some fun at the expense of Mayor Eric Adams. And um, I guess this is what Kansas should be doing. They should be cutting this for their Chamber of Commerce for their tourism. But uh, just take a listen. We have a brand. New York has a brand, and when people see it, it means something. You know, when we go there, it's not, Kansas doesn't have a brand. (laughs) (laughs) When you go there, okay, you're from Kansas. (laughs) No. Well, you know what? (laughs) But New York has a brand. Hey, guys, it's Eric, the mayor of New York City. Or at least sounds like it. Are you dreaming of leaving boring Kansas behind with its low crime and ability to safely walk the streets day or night? Then come on up to the beautiful Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. I want you to check out our beautiful Times Square, a historic hub of theater and bright lights. Times Square is located between 42nd and 47th Streets. Let's check it out. Just $500 gets you 15 seconds of visual placement on one of our giant billboards. It's a giant immersive pop-up ad playground, similar to physically walking through the Daily Mail's homepage. Wow, look at that. Stock up on your daily needs from one of our Bogodas of the Bronx. You can meet so many people in Times Square, like the woman who met four attackers that mugged her in broad daylight last June or a vendor who illegally had a gun and shot a woman and a girl, or the disturbed people screaming at you as you walk past the Sephora. I bet you won't see stuff like that in Kansas. It's a unique experience, only made possible by us. 
and our Beowulfing. Dine at the exclusive TGI Fridays, and for only $20, you'll get a chicken sandwich. And for an additional $5, a fountain soda of your choice. Check out these no guns allowed signs. Bet you won't find anything like these in Kansas. Located all around the square, we use state-of-the-art signage that involves gluing paper to light poles featuring images of guns with a red line drawn through them. And it shows you that you're totally safe. I mean, sure, we shaved off a billion dollars from our policing budget in 2020, but hey, that's where these signs come in. Times Square is just one of the amazing features we have in New York City. You're not in Kansas anymore. Man, I don't know if I'd... I, I mean, I've been there. I don't think I want to go back. No. Man, that makes me want to actually go to Kansas. Although your delivery was inviting, I'm going to have to decline. Oh, no, that was not me. That was uh, the mayor. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Eric mayor, Adams. Mayor, mayor, Eric Adams' delivery sir. was inviting. I'm just going to have to decline. I mean, I will say, you know, the selling point of getting attacked and mugged by four people, four attackers. I mean, that's, you know, four people that you didn't know before. New friends, yeah, you know, and I mean, um, that, you know, chicken sandwich, I'm sure it looks just like that image, too, when you go and order it. It's just, yeah. I mean, there's nothing like sitting at an outdoor table while you watch panhandlers hustle people and the smell of piss and pretzels wafts over as you are trying to enjoy your food. I mean, just nothing like it in the world. So uh, great, uh, great job there. Mayor Adams. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour, like there was this premise, and it was, I think, in, in some ways correct, especially during the second wave of the feminist movement, that there needed to be correctives. But that was predicated on this idea that there were essential sort of sex differences. And, and now we're actually even... I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Now, we are continuing to watch the hurricane. And to give you an update, you know, because Michael Jackson's uh, pet monkey, Bubbles, is housed at a Florida sanctuary. And New York Post says, don't worry. Bubbles, the Michael Jackson chimpanzee, the one he owned, who was winning a Pepsi commercial. He is at the Center for Great Apes in Florida. He's been moved to a secure shelter ahead of the arrival of Hurricane Ian. There you go. So just, uh, I know you were very, very curious about that, as were we all. Uh, Let's see. Let's start with, let's start with this feller. (sighs) Jail inmate in Florida. (laughs) Go ahead, say it, Kane. Say it. We'd, We'd hate for Ian to blow bubbles away. Oh, my gosh. An inmate in Florida was charged with throwing feces at a detention officer. Oh, no. This is never good. Uh, Rashawn Davis, 21 years old. He's only 21, and he's an inmate. He was charged with felony battery with fluids on a detention facility employee after he allegedly threw feces at a detention officer. The sheriff's deputy reported that he viewed video from Davis's cell, and the video showed Davis standing totally in EKKID naked, by his closed cell door and reaching into the toilet at one point he yelled something oh my gosh in his hand oh my gosh and then when they opened the little slot on the door to give him breakfast that's when he threw it through the slot and he hit the detention officer in the leg there apparently there was feces all outside the floor of davis's cell so 
He's been in jail for alleged armed robbery. His previous bail was set at $450,000. Now 10000 in bail was added onto the new charge. So, yeah, let's, let's not. Do not brave the waves for the gram. Tampa Bay, Channel 10. They have all kinds of pictures and video of people that are out there trying to get photos of themselves in the heavy winds and large waves. Do not do it. Yesterday, there were kids out in the water. It was flooding, and they were out in the water. And there's video. I just can't even. So please do not do that. Do not brave the wave. There is nothing on. The the gram is not going to save your life. Not going to happen. Now, uh, according to Tampa Free Press, three Florida men were arrested while trying to steal traffic lights. (sighs) They got caught by an off-duty detective. He actually watched him cutting down the traffic lights. It was at 1 a.m., Hernando County. A detective was driving home from his off-duty detail, and he saw a really suspicious van. And the driver of the van had stopped near the intersection, turned off the vehicle's headlights, and the detective then observed sparks coming from the area where the lights are in the process of being installed. And so he got other deputies. They arrived on the scene, and they saw three people using a saw to cut the traffic lights off the poles. Three traffic lights had already been placed inside the van by the suspects. Now, they all admitted, I mean, they were standing there with the damn saw in their hands. They all admitted to stealing the lights. Each traffic light was valued at $5,000. So Aaron Ward, James Donnelly, and Oleski Nemanko were each charged uh, with grand theft. And they're in Hernando County Detention Center held in lieu of a $2,000 bond. Why in the world? So why would, why would you steal a traffic light? I don't know. I... So this is uh, Miami. Oh, boy. A man on a flight to Miami, and this was just a couple, this was a week ago, had a very unexpected visitor. A bulldog on board the plane was wandering all over the cabin and having diarrhea all over the cabin and passengers. One of the travelers, Mike Solana, said he and his partner made sure that they they were telling the uh, flight attendants And they said a bulldog in the next row had diarrhea everywhere. Everyone freaked out. The dog owner began sobbing. The dog escaped. Everyone's covered in poo. It's running around the plane. People are lifting up their legs and screaming. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how that story ends because apparently there wasn't any other. But it was. It was just have. Don't do. I. I, Why do people do this? So anyway, they did say that um, Apparently, there were photos of the dog. Other people were, were tweeting it out. I don't know. Like, what kind of pr- trouble can you get into with stuff like that? I mean, when you get fined, is that actually like an emotional? Because I don't even think some airlines even allow uh, dogs to even emotional support animals to be on. A Florida woman wants to marry the Tetris game because she broke up with her calculator. Yeah, we'll have to have that one tomorrow because I, I can't. Guys, I'm out of you know disbelief today i just can't anymore stay with us third hour on the way fema administrator chris wall said today that she acknowledged concerns that of florida's as was said lacks response to the storm so far and that whoa some whoa, whoa, whoa. give me a break that is nonsense stop politicizing okay stop it 
We declared a state of emergency when this thing wasn't even formed. We've had people in here, you've had counties doing, uh, they've done a lot of hard work. And, and honestly, you're trying to attack me, I get, but like you're attacking these other people who've worked very hard. And so, so that's just totally false. Um, I don't think we've ever, certainly since I've been governor, declared a state of emergency this early. Uh, we made sure that we were very inclusive with it. We said that there was a lot of uncertainty and, and we've worked to make sure um, the preparations that have been done and all the, the stuff, you talk to the people at the counties when they've needed something, stuff gets there very quickly because of what Kevin and his team have done. And that is correct. That is Governor Ron DeSantis, who is, he, I'm glad he shut that down. I'm so tired of people politicizing this. You know, for crying out loud, it's a hurricane. It's, it's, it's looks like it's going to be, it's a cat five. Uh, people are going to lose their lives. So can we just stop? Can we stop with this stuff? It would be fantastic, please. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Top of our third hour this Wednesday. And it is this hour that the landfall is taking place with Hurricane Ian uh, going into Florida. And we've been giving you all of the updates on this. Now, the difference in what was being projected last night uh, from today is instead of the eye shooting straight for Tampa, which is still in the danger zone, by the way, instead it shifted a little to the south to go towards Cape Coral and Bonita Springs. And it's, it is uh, Inglewood as well, going into Port Charlotte. The, I'm looking at uh, some of the rain. I'm looking at some of the waves right now. The waves, I mean, you're looking at uh, outwards as the eye wall hits. I mean, you're looking at 21-foot waves. I mean, the way that it is right now with some of the satellite and uh, imaging showing like 13-foot waves as you get towards Bonita Springs and Golden Gate. So this is, this is uh, I mean, this is just unbelievable to see this. It is a massive, massive uh, system. It's a massive hurricane. And, and looking at, I had a bunch of comparisons. The thing that really gets me is the comparison to Charlie. Charlie, Hurricane Charlie can fit in the eye of Hurricane Irma. And these are rare, though. Hurricane Irma 2017 was also a Cat 5. Uh, out of what, the 30 some odd cat, uh, Category 5 hurricanes in the Atlantic, only five have actually hit Florida. So they are rare, despite all of the, you know, grifting, you know, whatever, the global warming, all that stuff that you hear from people. But it's going to be a very rough couple of days. Uh, some of the meteorologists uh, are saying that uh, it's now at 100, it's about 155 miles per hour, one mile per hour shy of a Category 5. Now, when we started the show, it was like two miles under. It was just one. So by all intents and purposes, it is a Category 5. And to get a direction of where it's going, if you know where Cape Coral is, you know, Sanibel Island and Captiva, kind of barrier islands there, uh, Marco Island, it is headed directly right for them. In fact, the eye looks like it's going to be going right in between. I mean, it's going to cover them, but between Sanibel and Marco Island. And it is within the past 36 hours, uh, the strength of this of this hurricane has increased. Now, Ian, according to Washington Post, Ian is on track to be the fifth. Now, remember, five category, five uh, Cat 5 hurricanes have out of the 30-something in the Atlantic throughout you know, our history here have made it to Florida. And this one is on track to be the fifth most powerful 
that would hit the U.S. in 100 years. The Labor Day hurricane of 1935, which struck the Keys, that had 185 mile per hour winds. Camille hit in 69. That was Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Washington Post. 170 mile per hour winds, just to give you some perspective. Andrew, that was in 1992. And that, I was... uh, I think I was just, I was a freshman in high school, I think. That was, I mean, that was the storm. I had family went down to Florida to help. 165 mile per hour winds. Michael hit the panhandle in 2018. That was 160 mile per hour winds. This is, and as DeSantis said, it's going to be a nasty, nasty two days. It's going to be a rough stretch. And there are tornadoes being produced. There was a tornado uh, one weather chaser spotted and took video of along U.S. 41 between Naples and Miami. There was another tornado that touched down in Broward County, Florida. Uh, just unbelievable. The, uh, in Hollywood, Florida, uh, Hollywood, Florida, by the North Perry Airport, total traffic Miami said it looks like a possible tornado touchdown. But the storm surges, according to Miami Herald, this is where it is going to be the worst. The surge predictions reported by the Miami Herald here they predict that it's gonna. the National Hurricane Center soared overnight from 12 feet to 18 feet for Inglewood to Bonita Bay. And I'm telling you, they're already over. Bonita Bay is already at 13 right now. The waves outside as you get deeper into the Gulf are like 25 feet. So it's, it's increasing from up, from up to now. And they said that the storm surge, the Eric Blake, who is uh, with uh, National Hurricane Center, they were saying that... Uh, super potentially catastrophic. He says, now listen to this, no one alive has seen 12 feet of storm surge in that area. And and, and many areas could take years to recover. Now people are going off of everything that they have, that they've, you know, obviously have experienced historically. The winds pulled the water out of Tampa Bay. There's video of that. Uh, That comes from ABC6, KAALTV. There's, I mean, Marco Island, I mean, it's already getting flooded. The outer eye wall had has has hit Florida. So it's going to be the storm surges. And we're already seeing that build up Pine Island, Florida, all of that. So this major surge in Pine Island right now. And I mean, it's no visibility. I mean, you can shelter in place, but Fort Myers Beach is already flooded. Uh, according uh, this is I want to make sure I get all these attributions correct. Uh, the meteorologist uh, and Charlotte, North Carolina, was uh, had gotten some. She got some video, and was showing that that it already was flooding Fort Myers Beach. So this is it's going to be rough. And I am hoping and praying. We're all hoping and praying that everybody no loss of life and the most minimal damage possible. And waves in Miami, as Kane noted, are over twelve feet. You might be wondering, okay, well, why is it that? You know, it, it's going on, it's coming in from the Gulf, but why are they seeing waves in Miami? Well, that's because that's how big this storm is. This storm can fit over the entire state of Florida. That is how big this storm is. In fact, when you, and I'm going to zoom out of my map here. I love a, a really good map, and I've told you guys about this, Ventusky, V-E-N-T-U-S-K-Y. And you can actually go and, and put in the parameters and see so many things. Um, the reason why is because this whole storm system, the whole hurricane will fit over the entire state of Florida. And the eye is projected to, to go up towards and over Orlando at some point. So obviously, all of those outer rings, 
Those are all hitting Port St. Lucie. They're hitting West Palm Beach. They're hitting Miami. And if you're watching the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show, Juan's put it up there. You can stream it on the first YouTube or Facebook as well. Juan has put up one of those maps. And if you hit uh, precipitation, you can see some of that. You can also hit waves and see how bad those waves are. Uh, But that that shows you, it gives you, if you hit precipitation, you can get a good eye of that storm. And it shows you just how huge this, this thing is. And that's why in Miami, they're seeing waves. Because it's covering the whole thing. And you've had people who are on the coast there in the Gulf told to go 20 miles inward. Well, you're going to still see storm surges in those waterways. And flooding, I mean, you can, you can hunker down from wind, but you can't from water. And as you can see, once which that, you can see how big that storm system is. And it is expected, some are saying there's a good chance that even if it slows going over Florida, as it goes over the top there, the panhandle, then you're going to be getting into the Atlantic again and it could pick up some more steam there. So we're going to follow all of this and we hope that everybody is being safe. But to the extent that Ron DeSantis's response was somehow lacking, I find it abhorrent that people are trying to politicize this during a time that he's trying to lead his state. And you know why? They're doing it for a reason. Because, and I don't like to put it like this, but I want to give you insight into how they're thinking. If you were in a room for, like, say, the DNC, they're plotting to figure out midterms. They're in a horrible economy. And here you have a once in a lifetime hurricane that comes up. And it's going to the state where the governor is a top 2024 contender. And is looked at by a lot of people on the right, the American right, as being the future of the GOP. You know, Young, he's got a great record, uh, history of service, a lawyer. I mean, and he's very no frills. He's kind of, I mean, he's, he brings to the table some of the best attributes of Trump. And then he also has a lot of the, the gubernatorial Uh, discipline and you know naval discipline and law school so it's you know there's 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 a lot there and democrats are looking at this and they're terrified because this is what they see they see the one of the top candidates for 2024 and perhaps the future of the gop who remember what Rahm emanuel said and again i hate presenting it like this but i want to give you an understanding Rahm emanuel had said what let no crisis go to waste they view this as this is DeSantis's opportunity to separate from the rhetoric that has won him a lot of fans with the populists and pivot towards serious administration, serious, sober, and, and very decisive administration of his state in a natural disaster that could be one of the worst. And I kind of get the sense that dealing with crises like this is where he kind of shines. That terrifies them. Absolutely terrifies them. So when you look at it in that context, do you understand now why you have these reporters that are trying to ping him here and ping him there? They don't care if they look stupid doing it. They know that this is going to get them pushback from, you know, more reasonable people like all of us. They get that. But what they're trying to do is plant the seed in the mind of those people who have been so disillusioned with everything the Democrats have offered, with the state of the economy, with the high gas prices, with everything, the border, their kids in schools, that they're kind of walking over 
to the middle and looking at the Republican Party, and here they see a guy that seems to be more ideological than he is political. And that, uh, that's appealing to them. And he's hitting the issues that they care about when they're surveyed for uh, upcoming elections. And that's who those people, they're trying to poison them with these little petty attacks. But they're doing him a favor. Because if people see this, and people don't forget who was there for them in time of crisis and who wasn't. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm, I have to share this poll with you. It's from New York Post, and I had this under my, my economics section, uh, talking about home prices and that. 30% of Americans would buy a home where a murder happened, according to a poll. That's a YouGov poll. Three in ten Americans would not hesitate to buy and live in a house where a previous owner was murdered. The study also found that 32% of Americans would deem a murder a deal breaker. The other 38 weren't exactly sure. So, what? Would you live in a house where somebody was murdered? I think it depends on location if it has a nice pool. Are you serious? Yeah. What? Juan's shaking his head no. Steve, would you Never. live in a house where somebody was murked? <laughs> See? What? Well, apparently, Kane's the only no, one. You want to, uh, dude? You want to get haunted? I can be persuaded. Have you ever? Have you like never watched? You know some of the oh, scary have, movies. I believe it. This is literally how all this starts. Again, I can be persuaded. Oh my gosh! Just <laughs> I don't even have any words. All right, moving moving on. John Fetterman wiped Black Lives the Black Lives Matter section off of his website. Hope nobody noticed. Uh-oh. His website had stated that he had championed the idea that Black Lives Matter, like like he never thought of that before, uh, before the phrase became a hashtag. And now he's since wiped it clean because he's trying to come back from the multitude of times that he's been on camera saying that he wants to release all these all these dangerous felons and all of this stuff from prison. I mean, I don't I mean, I just don't even know. But that's where uh, that's it's off his it's not on his website anymore. So, okay, this woman. Oh my gosh, what a horrible way to go. A 20-year-old woman fell from a roof while being attacked by monkeys and was impaled by a steel rod. It is a freak accident, and I think this is in India. A 20-year-old victim, horribly injured. The rod went straight through her. Uh, Yeah, apparently they are pretty. The pictures are horrible. She has x-rays and everything. So coming up, we're going to check in with one of our affiliates and see what's going on in Florida right now with the weather. Stick with us. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon Dana Lash here with you. And we've been covering throughout today's program and we will still tomorrow just because of the historic massive size of Hurricane Ian. We'll be covering Hurricane Ian because looking at the projections this thing, we were just doing that on break, and let me fill you in real quick before we go to our affiliate. This thing, it looks like it's projected to go over Florida and up by Palm Coast. It goes between Orlando and Palm Bay, kind of skirts Palm Coast. It goes out in the Atlantic, builds up more steam again, and then sweeps back over into the Carolinas. This is, oh man, we're praying for everybody in Florida. Joining us right now from our WFLA affiliate in Orlando, Bud Hedinger and Melissa Fox from Good Morning Orlando. They join us on the phone now. We are praying for y'all. We're hoping that you are going to, I mean, I know that Florida folks are resilient, but let me, what are what are some of your thoughts as, as you guys look like you're going into another very, very historic 
storm. Give us the lay of the land. Well, Dana, it's wonderful to have the opportunity to be with you here, and we're proud to uh, present your show when we're not doing wall-to-wall storm coverage weekday nights from 7 until 10. Um, I, I can say this, that uh, it's far worse now where the storm is down in the southwest tip of the state, right around mm-hmm. Sanibel Island with the eye wall coming on shore with 150-mile-an-hour sustained winds. I mean, you'd never know that we're in for a rough go here because we do have light to moderate periods of rain, and we do have, um, uh, you know, we have wind blowing, I don't know, 20, 30 miles an hour at times, Mm. which is not a problem at all. But this storm's going to come across 200 miles of land, and it's going to diminish in terms of its wind. But the problem here is, Dana... I've been around doing weather for a long time and covering storms here in central Florida for a long time. Nobody's ever talked about what we're forecasting now. Rainfall totals from a foot to a foot and a half to two feet and more between now and when the storm is over by early on Friday. This is months of rain in about two days. Now, I remember down in Texas a couple of years ago, You had a storm with an L name, I think, and it was on the coast here, and it had Mm. these colossal rain totals. And I remember all of the flooding, I think, around Houston and all of this. Yes. This is the kind of thing that we've never really seen in central Florida, but that's exactly what's coming beginning later on tonight and through almost all of tomorrow. Yes, it looks like that eye wall's hit, and at uh, this evening, later this evening, I think they're projecting 7 p.m. That's when y'all are going to be getting really hard. Talking with Bud Hedinger and Melissa Fox of Good Morning Orlando from our affiliate News Radio WFLA in Orlando. And this, the thing that really strikes me about this, and I think we have Melissa on as well, the thing that really strikes me about this is, I, you know, I was listening to my friend Janice Dean this morning, and she said she was shocked at how slow it has been moving. And I think it picked up a couple of miles per hour over the past 36 hours. That's a scary thing when you see a storm or hurricane or any kind of system hover. And I'm looking at the Ventusky map. It looks like it's hovering in the same area for the next 10 hours. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's pretty much what you're right on there. It looks like it's going to slow down and just kind of dump on us for a while. But then again, with hurricanes, as Bud was just saying, you never really know until Mm. it's happening how it's going to go, if it's going to turn. We're looking at possible two impacts on both sides of the state. It's already kicking uh, some serious water up. And I don't know if you saw on Twitter, we were talking about it before we came on with you, but the uh, the Bay Boulevard, it, it the water has... Uh, what was Tampa. It? Yeah, Tampa. What was it like? Uh, it looks like it's almost three-quarters of a mile. The water has pulled out. Uh, they call it reverse... Uh, storm yes. surge. Yeah, reverse storm surge. And Incredible. So, yeah, it's just yeah. it powerful storm. No idea what's really going to happen, and just hope that most folks here are not being lackadaisical and will actually, mm. uh, you know, batten down the hatches because it, it's go time. You know, normally, We're- Dana, you and I put on our political hat and we do conservative talk. You know, you mm-hmm. do it in out of Texas nationwide. I do it here in Central Florida and have for years. One of the things I've really enjoyed watching here is two guys who don't like each other very much, President Biden and our governor, Ron DeSantis, bury the hatchet for this storm somewhere other than in each other's backs. That's <laughs> and a great point. And decide to put politics aside and work with each other. And our governor has been giving props to the president for 
the responsiveness of the White House and the federal government to the needs that we are going to have here in the state of Florida. And it's actually been a breath of fresh air. I know this can't continue and it shouldn't continue because there are important partisan issues that need to play out. But it's nice to know that politics can be put where they belong, and that's on the shelf for an event like this. And I'm sure that that makes the, uh, everybody in Florida happy. We're talking with Bud Hedinger and Melissa Fox. Good morning, Orlando News Radio WFLA. Uh, one, one other quick question for you here, uh, because I know that you are all covering this, and I, I want to make sure that you're still able to get there and talk to Floridians and let them know what's up. Sanibel Island and Captiva, some of the water projections that I'm seeing, I got to say, are, are pretty, tr- that's pretty frightening. Uh, they're, some of the meteorologists are saying they could be underwater when all is said and done. What are your thoughts on that? Because you all have weathered this stuff before. And I know sometimes projections from people who have not weathered this in Florida or who are not as familiar with the, with the weather systems as you are there. Sometimes it's a little over the top, but how realistic is something like that? Well, I think it's very realistic right now for a lot of folks who thought such a thing could never quite happen. But in, in yeah. the area of Captiva and Sanibel Island, and I vacationed down there. I mean, it's 200 miles to the southwest of us, Dana. It is. We're up here in the heart of central Florida, protected by being inland. But along the coast in these low-lying areas, they had mandatory and, in some cases, voluntary evacuations. And folks who did not heed that and get out are in enormous peril. You know, and there could be a colossal loss of life here, um, and I would hate to even think about that, from a storm of this strength and magnitude just overwhelming a low-lying area like you just described, beautiful Sanibel Island and, and uh, Captiva, and you're down around Fort Myers and Venice, and um, it's a magnificent part of this great state of Florida we love so much, and our hearts uh, go out to everybody there, and our prayers as well. We're going to be dealing with a diminished storm uh, wind-wise as it comes kind of right up I-4 through Orlando and then exits over Daytona Beach by Friday morning. And it creeps along and just dumps copious amounts of rain of almost biblical proportions here. And that's a nightmare we've never experienced before here. Most of the time, our hurricanes, when we get them, they come and they go. And it's a wind damage event. Not a massive flooding event, but this is a different breed of cat named Ian. Oh, my goodness. Well, we are going to be praying for everybody that is affected by this hurricane in Florida. And our good friends, Bud and Melissa, a good morning, Orlando, News Radio WFLA. I would love to check in with you all again tomorrow, provided that everybody still has power and that you all are safe. <laughs> so so we'd lo- I would love to have you both back. And uh, we're praying for you. And we know that you're going to continue providing excellent coverage to everybody there in Florida. And we thank you so much for sharing some of that with our audience today. Thank you both, Bud and Melissa. Thanks, Dana. We'll see you tomorrow then. Thank you. you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you both. We have, and I, I've been telling folks, uh, and that is, of course, our affiliate news radio, WFLA in Orlando. That's, that is the crazy thing about this because Orlando, you know, obviously not Tampa, but that's how big this storm system is. So one of the things that I immediately think about, and this is why I'm focusing so much on this because it's historic. Imagine the economic impact. Imagine. Imagine the agriculture, Florida. Remember the economic impact after Hurricane Andrew, after Hurricane Katrina, after Hurricane, uh, goodness, uh, well, Charlie wasn't as big, but uh, Irma, Sandy, Hurricane Sandy. 
this is at a time too when our economy is just in tatters. Some people say we're not yet in a recession. Some people say that we're on a cusp of it. Kane, what is like an economic hit from a, a massive storm like this? That has a major impact nationally. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. There's a lot of businesses in Florida that will have to shut down. There's a lot of... Airports. Um, even, yeah, airports. You know, travel, uh, just... Anything involving business that has to either slow down or stop mm-hmm. is going to affect the economy in some way. It's just, it's, we're going to continue watching this as well. I wanted to give you an update too, shifting our eyes to Virginia. Because yesterday, I don't know if you saw some of this, but this was going around quite a bit yesterday. There were uh, some demonstrations from students who were walking out of their schools. Uh, and there's uh, NBC Washington has some an Associated Press. They said crowds of students were walking out of Northern Virginia schools yesterday protesting Governor Glenn Youngkin's pr- restrictions on what they say are transgender students rights. And the policies require parental sign off if they're going to change their pronouns other than what is in their record. And you're talking about minor students here Uh, they say participation in certain school programming and use of school facilities according to these restrictions would be based on a student's biological sex modifications offered only to the extent required under federal law so the students were walking out and protesting this and the media was covering it well this is what's interesting daily caller comes in with this story the student group that staged the walkouts over Virginia's transgender guidance these it's they've pushed other things pro-abortion anti-gun stuff all funded by Democrats it's all coordinated which I know you're not surprised this reminds me of what happened in uh, Parkland I've had and I'm very close with some of the uh, families who lost uh, their loved ones lost their children in Parkland and they were saying they were They couldn't hardly process it because they were dealing with the grief. But the night of, they had these people coming in who were trying to organize and recruit the night of. And I'm not surprised at all. They said it's an alleged student-run group that organized all of it. But the Daily Caller was looking into it. And what they discovered was that there's definitely an association between one of the larger groups, Pride Liberation Project, which was not created by students, It was a donated website by Z2B Media, which is owned by an anti-Israeli activist who advocates for Pride Liberation Project. Now, Daily Caller was reaching out to that individual. That individual did not respond. But they noted the leftist organization through that group to get all of these student groups at all of these schools together to walk out. And and as Kane notes, I mean, kids, and I put this in the email prep, kids are going to walk out for any, I mean, you give a kid will walk out for a reason to skip school. But one of the things that was stated, Nick, uh, Nikki Niley, the founder and president of the Concerned Parent Organization, Parents Defending Education, which sidebar, I've had a number of their members on the show. They are they are led by Democrat moms who are standing against this. So let's not get it twisted. Neely said that the walkouts were being framed as student led. But her, she says, quote, the level of behind the scenes coordination by professional political operatives is breathtaking. Parents should be indignant that their children are being manipulated and weaponized by activists, especially at a time when recently released statistics show the depth of learning loss incurred by students. And she's right. And you know the reason why they're, they're organizing students to do this? Because parents are really hard to fight. 
it is really hard for an operative to counter any message from a concerned mom, dad, or grandparent. Really hard. So they default to the only thing that they know how to do, use the kids as shields. That's what you're seeing here. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a brand. New York has a brand. And when people see it, it means something. You know, when we go there, it's not, a, Kansas doesn't have a brand. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, when you go there, okay, you're from Kansas. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> but New York has a brand. Hey, guys. It's Eric, the mayor of New York City. Or at least sounds like it. Are you dreaming of leaving boring Kansas behind with its low crime and ability to safely walk the streets day or night? Then come on up to the beautiful Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. I want you to check out our beautiful Times Square, a historic hub of theater and bright lights. Times Square is located between 42nd and 47th Streets. Let's check it out. Just $500 gets you 15 seconds of visual placement on one of our giant billboards. It's a giant immersive pop-up ad playground, similar to physically walking through the Daily Mail's homepage. Wow, look at that. Stock up on your daily needs from one of our Bogodas of the Bronx. You can meet so many people in Times Square, like the woman who met four attackers that mugged her in broad daylight last June, or a vendor who illegally had a gun and shot a woman and a girl, or the disturbed people screaming at you as you walk past the Sephora. I bet you won't see stuff like that in Kansas. It's a unique experience, only made possible by us. And our bear will form. Dine at the exclusive TGI Fridays, and for only $20, you'll get a chicken sandwich. And for an additional $5, a fountain soda of your choice. Check out these no guns allowed signs. Bet you won't find anything like these in Kansas. Located all around the square, we use state-of-the-art signage that involves gluing paper to light poles featuring images of guns with a red line drawn through them. And it shows you that you're totally safe. I'm sure we shaved off a billion dollars from our policing budget in 2020, but hey, that's where these signs come in. Times Square is just one of the amazing features we have in New York City. You're not in Kansas anymore. Hmm, that $20 chicken sandwich and then a five dollar fountain drink Ooh, that was uh you know new york city mayor eric adams kansas doesn't have a brand new york has a brand you know i didn't know you could brand like rape and robbery but you know i guess you can all right we're watching the hurricane and we'll keep you updated tomorrow as well praying for everybody in its path kane today in stupidity oh it's gonna be john Kerry, mr hines Uh, Apparently, China has a plan to deal with climate change, which is a lie, but this is what he says. Well, China, Mike, China, interestingly enough, uh, China has a plan. They put a plan in place. We think they could be doing more. But but China is going to be building more electric vehicles will be put on the road. That is not going to do anything to help climate change. I'm sorry to tell Mm -hmm. you. It's actually going to make it worse. And China knows it. And somehow John Kerry believes that that's their their plan oh boy this yeah guy. the the biggest polluters in the world who really don't have um this guy a lot of incentive to not be folks that does it for us tonight we're praying for you florida stay safe thanks for the birthday wishes god bless and we'll be back with you tomorrow <laughs>